Hello and welcome to another animation one-to-one from squiggly.com. I'm Steve Henderson. And today our guest is Ross Bollinger, the creator and showrunner of the wildly successful YouTube series Pencilmation. With over 18 million subscribers and close to 10 billion views for the elastic antics of Pencilmate and Pencil Miss, the success of the channel has allowed Ross financial and creative autonomy on what he can do next, which has led him to create a brand new series called Gill Next Door. So I sat down with Ross to find out more about his work running an animation empire from YouTube. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe to the Squiggly YouTube channel for more videos like this. And if you like your podcasts, you can subscribe via your favourite podcast provider. Now over to the interview with Ross Bollinger. Uh, Ross uh, Bollinger, thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you for having me. Pencilmation seems to have hit YouTube at the perfect moment uh, and has accrued a huge success story along the way. But how did you get into animation personally? Um, well, a pretty typical uh, story, I would say, for a lot of people that got into film or animation, you know, just as a kid messing around with the home video camera, making little stop motion things. Uh, I had a teacher in elementary school that made this clay animation using a webcam. And that was like a very profound experience for me, seeing you could do this kind of stop motion, claymation type thing. Uh, and I was just blown away by that and, and really um, just obsessed with animation from that point on. And then did that follow you through university as well? Yeah, so as I got older, I um, started getting into kind of 2D computer animation, Flash. I mean, it was Macromedia Flash at the time. I was also, I went from doing the little clay things to learning about Flash and um, just kind of kept, kept doing it. Um, and uh, in high school, uh, there's a website, it's still around, uh, called Newgrounds. It was kind of a precursor to YouTube where people would post little animated shorts they made and receive feedback. Um, you know, the, the commenters rip it apart. And, um, and that was, that was very fun for me. And they had kind of a, like a sort of a gamified system where they would have, um, you know, the people would vote on their favorites and uh, created this kind of competition where every day there'd be like a top animation on Newgrounds and all that stuff. So I was getting into that and making animations for Newgrounds and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was the early days. Fantastic. And anyone watching uh, Pencilmation will, uh, they can instantly match it to, it's, it's like a modern Looney Tunes. It's got a very elastic premise to the show. Uh, could you tell us about the influence uh, for and how the show has developed over the years? If anyone goes onto the onto your YouTube channel and watches the first Pencilmation, there's a huge difference between that uh, and the most up-to-date one. You can see uh, a lot of evolution going on. Mm, yeah, well, actually, I drew the first Pencilmation with a, with a computer mouse. Uh, I didn't even have a tablet or anything, so my abilities were very limited then. Um, it's very hard to draw with a mouse. I don't know if you've ever tried it. It's kind of like drawing with a, with a bar of soap uh, in your non-dominant hand. Um, but I loved Looney Tunes growing up. I mean, I loved Looney Tunes. I loved the classic Disney, Tex Avery, all that kind of stuff. So I was just naturally doing, trying to do do what I love. And actually, the first Pencilmation, I had seen that uh, there's a Chuck Jones short uh, where Daffy Duck it's called Duck Amuck, and Daffy Duck gets sort of tortured by a by the artist that turns out to be Bugs Bunny, 
Uh, and I had seen that and just wanted to do something similar kind of as an exercise in flash. Um, and that's how the first pencilmation came to be. I was just playing around uh, and, and trying something similar and it really took off. That was before YouTube um, and on Newgrounds and then other was old sites before before YouTube that you would watch videos on, you know, board.com and all those other kind of people sending email chains and all that kind of thing. And the first pencilmation got a, it got a lot of tra- traction, I think, you know, because it was just something something different than what people were doing with online animation at the time. Um, yeah. Fantastic. So with over nine and a half billion views, uh, are algorithms, if I can say that again, algorithms more of a challenge than producing the content? Because obviously YouTube's always changing. Are there secrets to creating good thumbnails or video titles that hook in audiences with YouTube that you found along the way? There could be. Yeah. Uh, certainly, certainly there's some things that we've done that have, uh, you know, I, a few, probably about four years ago, um, I was making pencilmation steadily. I made the first one, like I said, when I was in high school. And then again, I started doing it in college and after college just, and YouTube had ex- come into existence at that point. And I was putting maybe one episode up per month and getting like a little bit of organic growth, um, you know, month over month, but it was really just a hobby at that point. And, um, it wasn't until I started observing some of the other uh, channels on YouTube that were doing things where they were making like compilation videos, where they were taking some of their older library content and stringing them into longer videos um, to kind of take advantage of YouTube's decision to shift towards favoring watch time over views. Early YouTube, it was always about the homepage of YouTube and the viral videos would pop up there double rainbow, all that kind of stuff. It would accrue a certain amount of views and YouTube would see, okay, this is a popular video. We're going to put it on the homepage. And once it was on the homepage, then it would take off. But YouTube switched. Oh, I need to let my dog in. My dog always interrupts pretty much every call I do. Hold on one second. <laughs> she comes in and I have to cover her with a blanket. She'll like cry until I cover her with a blanket. It's really total diva behavior. Um... But yeah, I started. I started trying out some of these, like looking at what sort of distribution strategies worked on YouTube, and that that definitely had a seismic effect on the channel, and allowed me to, uh, you know, scale it up into a little kind of a virtual studio. Um, but the algorithm is always changing, and um, in some ways, it's it's a little scary to have built a business on kind of on a in sort of a glass house in a way, because it feels like things could shift and have a, have a huge effect, positive or negative. Um, but on the flip side, I'm just this guy who gets a check from YouTube and can, you know, with absolutely no industry connections, who can build an animation studio from scratch. And that, that's, that's really, that's the advantage of YouTube. You know, we can, as long as we're putting out pencilmation creatively, we can do whatever we want. We don't really have to report, report to anyone. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's, there's pros and cons. It's that independence has obviously kind of served you quite well. I mean, you've built a team of animators over the years. I believe you've got 70 plus animators working for you now. And well, so it's 70 plus, um, 
it's not just animators, but it's, you know, all of these storyboard composers, sound effects guys, director, you know, it's everybody, plus the administrative staff and, you know, but 70 plus, I'd say, I'd say probably we have, it's probably even higher than that. I'd say at any given time, there's maybe a hundred people working at once. Um, so it's quite a lot of people. Um, and it's just developed over the past, I mean, it was like the past three years, three or four years. So, um, and I don't have any business experience of any kind. I mean, I was, I, before Pennsylvania, I was just doing freelance making like uh, product videos and educational videos and things like that. And I had kind of a rudimentary idea of how to do budgeting. I, um, I used to live in Philadelphia and they had this program where you could be paired with a, like a retired business person for free. I can't, it was, a, I can't remember the name of the program. It was an acronym. I can't remember the name of the program, but, uh, but I was paired with, with one of these guys and he really kind of showed me how to make budgets and how to look at like profit and loss and just like basic business principles. Like, well, if you want to run a profitable business, you got to, you know, understand what your costs are and, um, make more money than you're spending or else you're going to run out of money. Uh, basic stuff. But, but all of those, all of those principles really apply. I was able to kind of put them into action once I started, you know, bringing more people onto the team and having to think about this sort of stuff. But most of the, I mean, pretty much every lesson has been learned the hard way, I would say. Hmm. What, 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 I think that's naturally how I learn lessons too. Termay could probably attest to that. She's tried to teach me a lot of things that I've disregarded until I've learned the hard way. And, uh, and it's painful, but then it finally gets into my head. So what have, what have been some of the most kind of prominent challenges of growing a studio through YouTube? Uh, you said you were doing it independently with no industry connections. Uh, has that kind of, do you feel like something of a satellite? Do you feel of something that's, you know, somebody who's uh, an outsider to the, the sort of wider animation community? How, how do you feel about, uh, about that journey? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that now at this point, we really are kind of an outside group. Um, and I would like to be able to further legitimize Pencilmation and everything that we're doing so that it can be more, um, you know, it's, it's funny. I think that, I mean, I've got this group of guys and they're doing traditional animation and sort of reviving like 2d, like madcap Looney Tunes style. And it's kind of off the radar. Um, I mean, now it's starting to get on the radar. I'm talking to you, but this has just been, I haven't really personally made a push to try and talk to anyone about what we were doing. And it's funny to me that nobody really asked about it, but, but YouTube kind of lives in its own little world also, I think. Well, it, it's fascinating, obviously, looking up YouTube and looking at the, uh, the comments on some of the videos, and you see people, we're in, we're in a generation now where... The people who watch YouTube as kids have grown up, and they grew up with Pencilmation. That must be quite, uh, I don't know how you would react to them, you know, with adults saying, oh, this was my childhood, uh, in the comments. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's funny because now that everything's online, it's hard to really wrap your mind around. I mean, it's all just numbers. You know, it's views or it's comments. It's all text. There's no theater there's no, like, I can't actually see anyone. So sometimes it's actually difficult to really fathom that there's these people out there that have grown up watching Pencilmation. Yeah. Um, Sorry for all the banging noise in the background, too. I don't know if you can hear that. That's my daughter downstairs just 
making a lot of noise. <laughs> Doing what kids do. Um, exactly. So uh, you've uh, you've recently begun work on. Uh, I say recently. We know animation <laughs> animation projects don't come from from nowhere. But you started you started work on uh, Gill Next Door. It's a two D animated comedy series, uh, and it features the wacky adventures of two frog brothers, Gill and his tadpole brother Wally, uh, and they live in a pet city called New Buddyburg. Uh, I think I've I've read the synopsis there, but can you tell us more about the show? That's, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, Gil is like this sort of, um, oh, uh, he has a lot of flaws. He, you know, maybe is a bit of a troublemaker or a bit, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily do things the right way, but he's got this little brother, Wally, who he's taking care of, um, and it's kind of his redeeming factor. He's always, Wally's this little naive, kind of Goonies-type kid, and, um, Gil is, uh, we've, we've, we have an actor, his name is Cedric Williams, and he's, he's young and brings this kind of um, like Fresh Prince, uh, young Eddie Murphy kind of vibe to the character, which for me is like different than a lot of, any, anything, anytime I do anything, I want, to, I want it to be different than what I've seen before. You know, a good character to me is going to be a character that people can relate to, but that nobody has seen before. Um, and so I thought he kind of gave it a spin that was very unique. And, um, you know, and the stories just mostly revolve around, around these, two, these two brothers and their, their hijinks uh, in the city. I also thought the city was a nice environment um, in terms of storylines. Like, everything's in the city, so we can just add anything. Anything we want can just kind of be down the street from them anytime we want it to be. And that obviously leads to lots of, uh, I suppose, capers and things like that. Um, one of the... One of the, 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 well, I would say the style of the show, obviously, uh, it's kind of a 90s style, the animation uh, throughout. And there seems to be a lot of 90s remakes going on at the moment. Obviously, Animaniacs are back. You have um, uh, Rocco's Modern Life was back a few years back. I think, I think Rugrats are coming back. So all these classics are returning. Uh, but you're going for the original content. Uh, you must think that the time's right for, for this kind of 90s revival. Well, people want the classic stuff because it's so good. They want they they love these shows, and I think the executives are like, "Man, everybody still loves Rugrats. Let's just do Rugrats too, you know." And it's like, "Why don't you just make great cartoons again, and people will love them just as much as Rugrats?" So I don't really see it as much as like a revival of '90s cartoons, as much as just putting the emphasis on trying to make something that would live up to the standard and kind of carry the mantle of, um, you know, Ren and Stimpy and SpongeBob and those, those shows that kind of came out around that time. And is there a kind of, um, I don't want to use the word formula, but is there a, uh, are there certain tropes and certain kind of escapades that the characters will get up to that, that kind of link to that, uh, that classic 90s animation uh, revival era? Uh, well, I thought it was going to be more just straight comedy, like a SpongeBob kind of show, but there's been a lot more action than I anticipated. I, as a kid, I watched a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I think that maybe came through as well. There's a lot of action, there's a lot of drama, and a lot of danger. It's maybe different than some of those, some of the the, the cartoon, you know, like um, like a Rocco is fairly like straight comedy. Um, 
in regards to format. I mean, they're, they're, the episodes are 10 minutes long, so, you know, the storylines all have to kind of fit like a sort of compact uh, style. And Pencilmation has no dialogue, so it's been, there's been a little bit of a learning curve in terms of figuring out how to work with the group of writers that I'm working with and um, write dialogue and write these stories that are, I mean, Pencilmation cartoons are two, three, four minutes long, how to write something that's a little longer um, and will still um, entertain the audience for the full duration and, and a longer story arc. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so will this be screened on YouTube or are you looking for a network or distributor or streamer even? <clears throat> we're definitely shopping it around. I mean, we're going to make 10 episodes uh, first. We're making 10 episodes and in the, in the while they're being produced over this long, long period of time the animation takes to be made, we're also going to be putting together trailers and kind of teasing it out, talking to distributors, talking to streamers and all these people. Um, if they're interested, maybe we will do a deal with them. If they're not, then we will release it on our own and show them what they're missing out on. And then maybe they'll come back to want to produce a second season or something like that. I, I suppose that's, uh, that's one of the benefits of the independence there, I suppose, as well, that's, uh, that, that helps. <clears throat> Definitely. I mean, I, I'm in a position where I can make, I can produce, I can self-fund and produce a cartoon series, um, which is a very unique position to be in. And I just woke up and realized I'm in this position. I want to make the exact kind of show that I would want to make. Um, I just want to do it and, and see what happens. So let's talk a little bit more about that because your own evolving role uh, from an animator using a computer mouse to, to draw stick figures for, for Newgrounds through to showrunner and somebody overseeing a studio of over 100 people. How has your role changed over the years? Uh, well, now that there's so many people involved, there's so many things to constantly figure out. Um, I mean, anytime you have an organization of people, there's just so much work in terms of getting everyone to work together and figuring out all kinds of problems crop up that you have to figure out and deal with. Um, <clears throat> so my time is split between working on the creative looking, reviewing Pencilmation and, and working on Gill, and then also kind of functioning as a business executive, um, trying to keep the business on track. Um, so that can be very fatiguing at times, just being stretched in so many directions. Just being a showrunner, I think, is extremely exhausting. My solution has just been to work really slow. <laughs> I mean, I'm, spend, I'm doing 10 episodes. I think I read that BoJack, and they made the whole first season of BoJack in like eight months or something. I don't know. And, they, and this is like, you know, our, this, I, I don't remember the specifics, and I'm, I'm embarrassed that you're recording this because you're seeing, you can see how obvious I don't remember it. But my point is that they did it so fast. Now here I am making 10 episodes. To, I'm making a, a hundred minutes worth of content over, you know, a couple of years, two, three years. But I guess if it was a movie, that would be acceptable. I mean, if it's a feature film, that's not an unreasonable time frame. Um, but for me, I just have to pace myself because it's, there's just so much work splitting myself between all these things. But I suppose you have that luxury of being able to do so, given that you don't have a 
an executive producer or somebody with all the money or a channel breathing down your neck, giving you those eight-month deadlines. That's true. Yeah, I can basically do whatever I want. Uh, but there's also no guarantee that I'm going to make any money back. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's, it's, it goes, but I can do, I've got total freedom to succeed as well as total freedom to fall flat on my face. Well, let's hope you succeed. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ross Baldinger, thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, Gill Next Door. Uh, whenever that comes out. I mean, I think that we'll probably have an episode out uh, probably like at the end of the summer. And, and I would say by next year we'll have, uh, we'll have everything ready to go. So it's not going to be forever. Oh, fantastic news. That's great to hear. Um, well, Ross, thank you very much for talking to Squiggly today. Letting us know more about the shows. Thank you. Sorry for all the, no all the various noises on my end. I don't know if you, if you could really pick them up or not, but I guess we'll find out in the recording. Yeah, it added a, it added a bit of spice to the interview. Thank you. <laughs> right, good. Thank you. If you'd like to see more from Ross and the world of Pencilmation, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Pencilmation, and you can follow the Pencilmation antics on Instagram and Facebook too. You can follow Squiggly on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, that really helps us out. And tell a friend about the work we do here. And as ever, for the latest news reviews, interviews, podcasts and everything else from the world of animation, head over to squiggly.com.